finding that way how to tell the story uh, through visual is important. And I just couldn't find a partner. And then I understood, okay, I tried to go beyond gender. And then we did test sauna. How is it? How do we all feel, the team and the women? And totally forgetting, it's like, is it male? Is it female? Is it non-binary? It Mm. became like beyond gender, Mm. like human touch, human connection. And that for me is actually really beautiful. Welcome to Bitch Talk. I'm Aaron Lim. This is Ange, a.k.a. Captain Party. And I'm producer Shar. And over the last 10 years, we've been elevating marginalized voices through interviews and events, sometimes over a glass of whiskey. Welcome to day three of our Slam Dance and Sundance Film Festival coverage. Today, we're talking about documentaries dealing with women's issues. We have Plan C and Smoke Sauna Sisterhood, which won the Sundance Directing Award World Cinema Documentary. A big thank you to 48 Hills and our listeners for voting us Best of the Bay Best Podcast. And now, on with the show. Here on the Festival Daily Buzz from Sundance and Slamdance 2023, uh, with us is our Bitch Talk team, Angela Tapora and Aaron Lim. My name is John Wildman. I'm the editor-in-chief of FilmsGoneWild.com. And on this segment, we're going to talk about the documentary Plan C. We have our director, Tracy Droz-Tragos, with us. Tracy, nice to have you here. Thank you. Nice to be here. Absolutely. Now, uh, we always start this off by having our filmmaker introduce the audience to the film. They haven't seen it as yet. So tell us about Plan C. Well, Plan C follows a network of people who are trying to increase access and uh, awareness of abortion medication. And they're making it happen in all 50 states, despite bans and restrictions. And I want to ask, um, how did you connect with the group and gain their trust? I connected with Francine Cueto in Los Angeles um, back in 2018, right after Kavanaugh was appointed to the Supreme Court. <laughs> and it was like, okay, the writing's on the wall. Um, and I met her for coffee and I, I, she kind of blew my mind um, by talking about her vision to increase access to telemedicine, to abortion medication through the mail, online provisioning. I was like, yeah, yeah, like that makes sense. That makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Why isn't that a thing? Gaining her trust. Well, Francine, um, you know, I think you meet someone face to face and everybody, uh, as we did um, before COVID, She and I spent an hour and a half together, and I think in that hour and a half, you know, knew that we were on the same page. I'd also made a film for um, HBO in 2016 called Abortion Stories Women Tell, and that Mm -hmm. um, some folks had seen. I'm not sure Francine had seen it at that point, um, but I think she then looked it up later. (laughs) Make sure Um, you were legit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She did her background. Um, But- that that also made a difference. Um, so, and then you know, over time, it it you know, not everyone was you know, some people took longer to say, okay, mm. you know, with these parameters, as long as you blur my face, mm-hmm. as long as you don't use my name, as long as 
we only tell this aspect of it, but this aspect would jeopardize, you know, the network. Um, and I respected those boundaries. Yeah, well, I, I do have to say that this film was not good for my blood pressure. Um, but I have to thank you for your really deep research. Uh, you taught me a lot about the history of abortion, specifically in our government mm -hmm. and support or, or not support of it. Um, and I wanted to know what you specifically learned from this process that kind of surprised you about just the whole history of our country and this topic. Well, I had no idea. I mean, I'd seen um, people taking abortion medication in a clinic setting when I made the previous film. So, I, you know, I was aware that it was a thing, but I had no idea that it was approved over 20 years ago and that it was developed in France and approved earlier in other countries and that women in Brazil, the second medication, you know, they discovered that years before, you know, so that there's a long, long history and a long, long track record of people taking this medication, it being safe, it being effective, and how far behind in the United States mm -hmm. we are in either, you know, letting people know about it or giving people access to it. I mean, the FDA had these onerous restrictions on it for years and years, still had some of them on it, but through COVID is like, you know, slowly, slowly, slowly easing some of those restrictions. But still, a lot of people think abortion medication is emergency contraception or plan B. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's that's the first thing you got to just like, it's different. You know, you can take this up to 12 weeks. Um, that's what the World Health Organization says. Um, and they uh, have it on their list of essential medications. <laughs> You know, uh, I mentioned before we started recording that I am from Dallas, Texas, um, and Texas is such a horrible, horrible place that every year I build taller fences to, um, to, to keep people out of my property and my land um, to keep out the zombie apocalypse, um, Texas style. Um, and so watching the film, of course, I, I don't think I, I, I got so intensely into a film with uh, talking about this subject, maybe since after Tiller. I mean, to your great credit, I mean, it really impacted on that. And what I would love for you to talk about, though, is it's one thing to hit us with the 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 the, the emotions and you know and 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 as 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 and uh, just said that you know to get us in our gut, um, but balancing that with the information so that. You know, I think you so artfully did that with the um, with the, uh, the the ticker and in, in terms of like year to, to to dates and things like that. But talk about how you mapped that out to make sure that we didn't get just into a maelstrom of emotion, and we also didn't get into a talking head, you know, thing that was too dry. Oh, I mean, that's uh, uh, trial and error, I think, would be the best way. But at the end of the day, I think you know we we knew we had been filming over you know, a long period of time and and leading up to the fall of Roe and after the fall of Roe. And so knowing that that was sort of a date on people's, you know, minds that they would, you know, um, it felt like let's, you know, let's, let's have that be the framework. Um, you know, this is a film that filmed, you know, through that date. Um, but also many years leading up to that time. So to, to use that as an orienting device. At, at one point early on, we also um, 
had the locations of all the places that we, we traveled around the country, 14 different states. But we pulled back on that because we realized that's not information anybody needs to know. And in some cases, mm. revealing where people were mm. um, would jeopardize things. And so we did not, so we pulled back on that, made that decision, except of course for your home state of uh, Texas, we kept that in there because that, you know, was a, that's, is a pretty hard place with a lot of stuff mm. coming down. Um, and, and also the date of SB8, passing was super significant and then the date of the leak was super significant so these are sort of temp poles that we want you know we wanted to have people track as things got more dire and more dire the other thing i want to follow up really quickly on uh before uh angela and aaron get out their next questions is protecting the people that are in the documentary mm -hmm. because it is so i mean you know again uh you know i'm watching it and i'm fearful for them, like I'm going, you know, uh, you know, like uh, there, there's a shot of, of um, one of the woman's hands and, and she, her, she's got rings on her finger. I'm like going, I wonder if she would have slipped on like fake costume jewelry so people wouldn't be able mm. to ID, ID because we know the intensity of the people that are on the other side, so to speak. Mm. Talk about the precautions you took. Talk about what was in your mind as you've got the camera turned on and microphones on them. Yeah, I mean it's a it it is a a fine line to navigate to tell the story of you know the work of brave people um to honor their work um to get into it as deeply as we can and also not do anything to jeopardize that work. And I mean, I just, we had to navigate it shot by shot, case by, I mean, we thought about that ring shot, you know, and uh, um, I, I think, you know, I think it's, I think it's okay. I hope it's okay. Um, we did a lot of blurring. We did a lot of double blurring because there was a question of, could you take off the blurs? Um, and if you could, you know, and reconstruct a face. So we, we did a lot of replacing of shots with just hand shots. We did some misdirection of saying that thing, you know, things were in different locations than what they actually were, just with sh the building of shots and landing places. So we, things are misdirected that way. Also with the voices that we had to um, disguise, we did a double uh, treatment on that. So again, it wouldn't be something that with just one layer of removing, you could figure out who it was. Um, and, you know, and we're destroying some of the raw footage. Mm. Mm. Um, which is not an easy thing to do either. You actually have to put something on it. You can't just wipe a drive because then that can be recovered. And, you know, so there's a lot of planning um, and wiping of things. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, you know, we might not, I hope it's enough. I hope it's enough. But we also can't cower and not release the film and not get this information out there. Um, out of fear. And that's another thing that the, our main character, you know, Francine talks about not backing down from bullies and not backing, you know, and mm -hmm. having, you know, sometimes you just got to step out there and hope for the best. Um, but being aware that there are also risks and that's kind of, you know, the line we're 
taking with this film. Yeah, um, there's a, a line in the film that stuck with me. Um, the definition of anarchist is mm. uh, you look for moments of breakdown in society as an opportunity to create change. I love that definition because it takes something that has a negative connotation normally and ter- flips it. And like, no, these are people that want to create change. And I think that's what this movie is, was for me, is showing people faces behind the people that are driving this and why they're doing it. Um, So can you talk about that impact that hopefully this film will have? Yes. Well, I I wanted in in sharing the story of the people who are behind it, it was important to sometimes show faces, uh, those who who were willing and and felt you know, that they wanted to show their full face um, because I wanted audience to see that these are real people and these are trustworthy people and these are people who have families that love them and they have dogs they need to feed and, you know, cookies in the oven and all of those things, that these are real, trustworthy, um, kind people. And so that, you know, when you're on Reddit or, you know, trying to order something on the internet and you wonder, am I in some, you know, (laughs) there are trustworthy people there. There are people that will pick up the M&A hotline, the miscarriage and abortion hotline, and they're real people who care about access and their doctors, and they will walk you through the process if you need that. Um, And so that's, you know, that was very important to, to, show as much of the people as I could while still being safe mm-hmm. to for that purpose. Thank you. I know we have to wrap up in just a minute. I just want to get this information out there to the people that are listening. How to how does one uh, who's in allyship uh, with us and repo repro rights um, connect with this work, uh, this group? Uh, there are all kinds of ways. I mean, the very the very direct thing that one can do is order abortion medication, uh, advanced provision um, from aidaccess.org, have these medicines in your medicine cabinet or in your, you know, wherever you feel like the medicine cabinet is sort of an old expression, but wherever you put your your stuff in your bathroom um, for yourself or for a friend in need. And I think that's at the very basic level. The more people can have, the more that this medication can get out there. I mean, that's a very, very real thing that people can do. Um, And beyond that, just talk about it. Let people know. Do you know that there's abortion medication? It's not emergency contraception. And do you know that you can get it through the mail? And do you know, and it's like posting about it. Um, I mean, a lot of this information is being censored. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's real value in talking about it um, and getting the information out there however you can. <laughs> Happy to. Well, yeah. the title of the film is Plan C. Um, it is a call to action documentary of the highest order, um, I believe. We've been talking with the director, Tracy Droz-Tragos. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me and thank you for helping You know, be part of this change. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, spreading the word. <laughs> This episode is made possible by Ann Wang, Natalie Gamble, the Papa Lowdown Agency, the Friesen Family, Jenny Yang, Fleetwood, aka Nico, Melanie Pena, Lauren Lim, Catherine Tulio, Courtney Kita, Myla Blog, Anita Tabora Rodriguez, 
Arabella DeLuco, Chloe Jackman of Chloe Jackman Studios, Shauna Festi, Stephanie Walton, Lisa Shad, Antoinette Tabora, and Storied San Francisco. Thank you so much for donating, and a special shout out to the Slamdance Film Festival for providing us a recording home in Park City. We're at the Treasure Mountain Inn in Park City, talking about Sundance and Slam Dance films. I'm here with Angela Deborah from Bitch Talk. My name is John Wildman. I'm the editor-in-chief of FilmsGoneWild.com. And in this segment, we're going to talk about the Sundance film Smoke Sauna Sisterhood. I'm looking forward to talking about this film. Uh, we have the director, Anna Hintz, producer, Marianne Ostrat. Welcome to the show. Hello. Very nice you. to be here. Okay, we're going to start this off. Anna, you're up to bat to tell our audience about the film. They haven't seen it as yet. Introduce us to Smoke Sauna Sisterhood. So first of all, Smoke Sauna is not just a regular sauna that people usually know, but it is a very special place for us. It's uh, this dark, safe space where women used to give birth, wash the dead, and heal whatever my mind and body. So in our film, the women come to that dark, safe space and they wash off all the shame and fear and what every trauma is there inside them and they heal through the sisterhood, through the community uh, who is supporting there around them. And uh, my background is in the South Estonia in smoke sauna culture. I come from that culture. And actually the film idea, I think when I think about it started when I was 11 and my mm. grandfather had just died and his body was in the cottage and we went to smoke sauna, me, my granny, my aunt, my niece, and in the smoke sauna there, first time ever, not before, not after, my granny told that uh, grandfather actually had cheated, had um, lived with another woman, and she let all that anger and frustration and hurt out, made peace. We went out, we could bury our grandfather in peace. And then I remember that I understood that, okay, there is a safe space in this world where you can share whatever is there where all emotions are allowed and there is a way out that actually you get out and you are more relieved and, you know, can smile and like we did, we smiled and laughed afterwards. Mm -hmm. Whew, okay, well, we're starting this off emotional. Um, <laughs> thank you for sharing that uh, really beautiful story. Um, at, at the end of the film, you dedicate it to, in quotes, all my sisters, uh, which I loved because um, it is believable to me that these women were strangers and then went into this sauna. I don't know the story of it because it's that's the quickness with which women can just become so intimate if the connection is there and they're in a safe space. So I am curious to know um, what do you need to do to be able to enter the sauna? Are they strangers or do you come as a family? Do you reserve it? Because I would like to go to the sauna as well. And I invite you there. Like, um, it is totally possible. I think it comes from this connection. There is, um, of course, every family has a smoke sauna in the South so that uh, you can go there with your family. But not only. And in our film also, there were women who did not know each other. Mm -hmm. But they connected. And this is the magic. Mm -hmm. You go to smoke sauna, one session lasts like four hours and you share everything. You share everything. And that is, that is something so beautiful and magical, what that safe uh, space does. And I was just talking to the woman who is there throughout, like sauna keeper throughout the film. And she was telling that, you know, it is like being in a mother's womb 
because we all, every human, it is beyond gender. We look for that warm place, you know, to be warm, to be heard, to be listened to, to be who we are. And smoke sauna is like that place. It's warm, it's dark. And when you have that support from others around, then you, you reconnect to that, what we all are looking for. I had the thought as I was watching the film uh, that I felt privileged. Mm. I felt privileged to be able to see it. I, I would love for, uh, Marianne, I'd love for you to, to start with this, um, for both of you to talk about setting up the trust to bring your cameras in and, and, and to film this and, and, and to, because it is so openly uh, raw emotionally um, and it's and it so wonderful, but it's not like you just set up a tripod and, 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 and things are just happening in front. It's shot in such a wonderfully intimate way as well that I had the thought watching going, well, no, a lot of thought went into how to present this so it wasn't just, well, this story, this story, this story. We were there. We were allowed to be there. Mm. So, Mary, I would love for you to start off with this. Um, as I joined the project, um, I uh, took the project over after its first producer passed. And uh, when Anna invited me uh, to take it over, then I had got this really strong vision of how actually a sisterhood will gather around Anna. It is already there. And now for the film, it will activate uh, even further. And um, I think it also starts with self-trust and maybe doing some things against the rules. For example, I didn't have very uh, a strict contracts with the character straight on because it's not possible to do it. Nobody's going to sign it. Mm -hmm. So we have to, that was trust that uh, they, uh, they trust us and I trust them that we will go this journey together and arrive somewhere. Mm, it also had, a lot to do with team building. That was, of course, Anna, who invited the cinematographer and sound recordist, who are may men, uh, uh, who are non-threatening to the women and kind of testing it, that it actually works, the team who is in the sauna filming these women. And I think the trust between the characters and Anna was already there before. That's incredibly surprising to me. I would have thought it would have been an all-female crew. Mm. It was mm -hmm. actually my first thought, of course, to get a female cinematographer. But this is another issue, actually, that there are not so many in Estonia. You know, mm -hmm. there are not so many. Mm -hmm. And I was trying first to get someone. But then I understood because I'm very demanding in my visual language. My background is in photography. So finding that way, um, like how to tell the story uh, through visual is important. And I just couldn't find a partner. And then I understood, okay, I tried to go beyond gender because it's like, okay, beyond gender to the human being. And then um, Anz is my course mate from Film Academy. And I knew that, you know, he's very sensitive and okay, let's try it out. And he immediately understood that what I wanted to, how I wanted to speak. And then we did test sauna. Uh, we did um, long test sauna to understand how is it, how do... We all feel the team and the women and basically everyone was like totally forgetting it's like is it male is it female is it non-binary it mm. became like beyond gender mm. like human touch human connection and that for me is actually really beautiful 
that, you know, it goes beyond gender. And for me, sisterhood also goes beyond gender. I myself uh, don't identify, I, I identify as non-binary. So for me, that is really about humans. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, but of course, I wish that there were more female cinematographers and, and you know, more, more females and non-binary and, non, non <laughs> you know, not just, there's still male-dominated a lot, the industry. Right. Yeah. Uh, for me, this film and how we did it, this sort of uh, what feminism is, in my opinion, it's like for me, the next level of feminism, just being unapologetically yourself mm -hmm. and uh, letting men in the team support your cause. And the uh, guys we have in the team, the cinematographer, sound recordist, composer, sound designer, actually most of them, editors, have been just amazing. But Donna and me have been in the in the wheel in this journey in a way and they are with us here in Sundance and it's just so beautiful mm -hmm. yeah I, I have to say um the way that this film was shot the the close-ups um the the angles the shadows of just skin and, and human form on top of these stories that are truly horrific some of the most painful stories that somebody can can live through really showed me that through our pain and our scars, that's what makes us beautiful. Mm -hmm. And watching this film made me feel beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I, I have to thank you for that. And um, was that because of uh, some women not wanting to show their faces maybe? So you focused more on the bodies, but because for me, it just worked so much, the dichotomy of the beauty of just human flesh with the pain of these stories. It's very good to hear for me for me to hear what you say because that was also um intention you know first of all who shows the face and who not I let let it totally to the um uh, women uh, to decide um because at first I thought that okay no one has face because they didn't want to have face but then some women throughout the process because it took 7 years they grew like you know like the main um the main subject or how do you call it in english the, the woman who is there the, the sauna yes. keeper so she actually today morning told me that you know what i understood in the process that um um we have to face our traumas like her traumas from her mom are connected to the thing that her mom did not have that power in um, courage or support to face the trauma so she was like I want to face the traumas with my face. So <clears throat> she was there and she has encouraged so many others. But then there are women who just felt like, I want to tell the story, but I don't want to have the face. And that shows also the society. The fact that there are just so few faces shows that we have still a long way to go. Mm -hmm. And then it was for me interesting, like, okay, but why do we think that we always need to see the face? You know, it's the body and embodiment and like how to show the nakedness as something organic, something natural, not sexualized. And, mm -hmm. and all when you think about all the stories are connected to the experience of having a female body, even me, I have the female body. And then you're already so determined having that female body in our society with the glances, you know, certain glances, mm -hmm. judgments on that body. Mm -hmm. And so how to, <laughs> how to, and at the same time, how to go beyond the body, pierced like through the body, you know, to the soul, you know, and, and so, so all these things and, and then finding, finding this, this language, uh, to, to speak about it where maybe a shoulder is telling the story as emotionally it would be, or even more emotionally than an eyes, eyes, I would be, you know, mm -hmm. eyes or face. So, mm -hmm. 
So for me, that is that is um, excitement, like the, this embodiment. What do we embody here? The memories, the the traumas, the joys, everything is like in our body, and 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 somehow being a female or you know this being born into that body is so much. I mean, it's a, itself a, sometimes a trauma. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I, you know, I have to say that you know when you have a film like this that has that kind of openness and 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 that kind of sensitivity that as a filmmaker you also can run the risk of well if jaded audiences you know are not immediately receptive to it um that they're they're going to miss out but i think in this case it's so artfully done and 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 so wonderfully put put together that um that i think even the even the the tougher um uh not uh easily accomplished people, it, it, I think you're going to get them too. Um, I certainly hope so, because I really love this film. Uh, again, the film is Smoke Sauna Sisterhood, uh, the documentary screening at Sundance. We've been talking with Anna Hinz, the director of the film, Marianne Ostrich, producer. It's been really great talking about this film. Thank you so much. And I wanted to just tell that, you know, I'm not afraid of um, being uncomfortable or like I believe that art uh, should not uh, be scared of being uncomfortable and always I look actually in films these moments when I'm uncomfortable because then I understand okay that's something to ask the question and um, you know it is for me interesting that you know we at society we talk we have now started to talk about that we should share but still we censor Mm -hmm. but you know I want when it's a story about a rape no let her speak. Mm-hmm. Let her speak full. Don't censor it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that as society, we should grow towards that to listen and also to speak up, like well, fully. And that's the thing. And you know, and, and again, as someone who's a fan of this film, like you know, we, at the beginning of this interview, we we're talking about um, the concept of a safe space. And in this country, unfortunately, that idea has been weaponized and belittled. Um, the idea of a safe space, uh, which of course completely misses the point of what we what we mean when we say safe space and that's why like you know on the behalf of of of, of the two of you and this film you know i want to you know say out loud don't think of it in that terms mm-hmm. think of it you're being invited to this wonderful wonderful experience mm-hmm. and 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 i just really hope that 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 will open the door for people to see the film because Man, once it starts, it's just mm-hmm. engrossing. Mm-hmm. Thank you so yeah. much. Blown away. Really so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on today's show. You can find more information about this episode in our show notes. If you're missing us, you can visit us at bitchtalkpodcast.com to sign up for our newsletter and buy us a cup of coffee. Did you know we're also on the radio? You can find us at BFF.FM. And lastly, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Only the coolest bitches are doing it. is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.